Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're gonna go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Strick and Austin. Let's get it. Let's Happy get it. Thursday. Welcome in to On the Block. I'm Austin, joined as always by the Husker Hall of Famer, the nine-year NBA veteran, soon to be ref, man of man. many talents. Eric Strickland, how you doing today? Doing wonderful, my guy. Um, windy. It's a windy day today. Sure is. What if you're trying to play golf today? You think you can handle Ooh. it? Um, That's a brisk. Here's the here's the there. thing. This is the perfect day for my golf game because I don't get it more than about ten feet off the ground. Oh, so you you yeah you kill it with the you, you I'm knock those, down it. Yes, I, I'm warm yeah. burning. Yeah, that's all I do. No, yeah, it's a day definitely uh, trying to throw darts is uh, one of those ones. Um, something about golf that's um, interesting to me, and it's something similar to what I've learned, Austin. Uh, as we talk about, you know, ourselves here on the block and Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. They are our sponsors, but I'm going to continue on with my little story. Mary Ellen's, we love you. Continued all the beauty that you bring to the people here in Lincoln, 27th of Pine Lake. Go out there, have a Mary Ellen's meal, and let them know that On the Block sent you. Uh, Charles, happy birthday belated again, my friend. We uh, thank you again for your continued love in the community. Now, um, golf. Um, is very similar to something that I've learned um, in sports. There was a lesson that I was taught and why baseball was so important to me in my career, right? In sports, you're successful at 50% and above, especially in basketball. You're looking at 60% or so in football, but you have a, you know, pretty good you know stats about yourself when you're in that in that that tier above 50 in baseball you're great if you're over 300 so 30 percent 30 percent you know three out of ten times you step up to that you're going to possibly most likely fail right so learning that lesson when I was playing baseball taught me a lot about basketball that is when you miss shots that's okay because you know you're going to miss some. And it's the same thing I acquire uh, that I put into my mind for golf. I watch golf and professional golfers, and they stand over a five foot, a 10 footer, and they miss. <laughs> they do. And so when I stand over a five foot, I'm not a pro, and I don't know how to, you know, stop it on a dime chip, back it up when I want to, and do all of that. Yes, I can hit a good ball, but I don't have all that skill. But when I miss, I don't get as upset as I used to, like throwing. Doggone, uh, break, doing Bo Jackson with clubs and throwing them all into the freaking lake where the uh, where the alligators are, <laughs> you know. So those are that's one thing that I learned. But playing in the wind is 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 quite difficult if you don't know how to shape the ball, you know, kind of you know use the wind a little bit and and play shot. If you when you drive, uh-huh. are you more of a hook guy or a slice guy? Um, I'm more of a power, power, um, a power fade. Okay. okay. That, that's, that's probably the best shot that I can hit. Um, seldom do I turn it over. Okay. I can turn it over with my three. 
my three wood. Hmm. That's the one that I kind of have a pretty good turnover is is with my three wood. My driver, I like to hit a good power fade. So when a sh- when it shapes up with a you know a little dog leg to the right, that's mm-hmm. that's perfect for Stricky. What's your best club? What's your best shot? I would say um, I like my seven eight iron. Okay. Um, I like to uh, I like to be at about that one fifty to one sixty range where I can really put a stroke and you know feel good about it. Um, mm-hmm. My putter at times is hot, and my putter sometimes sucks. <laughs> and so that's the frustrating with that part of it. I'm looking forward to playing with uh, Jake Sorensen. We've got a tournament coming mm. up pretty soon. Um, uh, Albert Maxey's doing it. Uh, wonderful Husker legend uh, is doing a tournament in May, I think around the 20th time frame. So, uh, you know, me, Sorensen, and maybe Jay Foreman, a group of us going to get together and play. But um, if Just you're out there Jay. playing today, it's a beautiful day, 86 degrees. Get out there and hit a ball. Shoot. Are you guys, will, win. will you guys be on the same team or competing yeah, against each team. other? Ah, yeah, we'd be. We'd I say be just beat Jay. We'd be partners. I love. I, I, Jay. Jay can play. You know, Doesn't shock but, me. I mean, Jake Sorensen can play. Jay mm-hmm. can play too. But I haven't played with um, either of them in individual, you know, games. Hmm. When is that coming up? Soon, if I think uh, around the third week of May. You won't yeah. miss a show for that, will you? Oh no, I, okay, I think good. it's a weekend. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Tell me when and where. I think it's a weekend. I'll, I'll walk the course with you. I'll heckle. Yeah. No, I won't heckle. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be rude. That'd be you were fun. getting too much of that from Rico before. Whew. He was all up in he your business for some me. reason. He was all on me. It's all good, though. I still love him. He's a Wellview West guy. That he is. You stick together. That's what I've heard, at least. Yes, sir. Whether you want to or not. Um, on golf, this popped across my feed today. 26 years ago today, Tiger Woods won his first ever Masters. Won it by a record 12 strokes at 21 years old. Yeah. Um, Tiger hasn't been the same Mm-mm. when since um, unfortunately the things happened with um, his former wife. Um, you know that that whole debacle of you know running into and the crash and all the stuff that came out of that. It's 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 sad. But ever since then he hadn't been the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it it's it's in his mental. Obviously his body's broken down, but he was surely on his way to. You know, being up there with shoot Hogan and Nicholas mm-hmm. and 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 all the greats. You know, he was definitely on his way with challenging some of those records, but uh, just he, he just can't seem to find it. Um, I would say he's a game changer because he's he's similar to a Shaq. He's similar to a he's similar to a Michael Jordan. He's similar to uh, a Steph Curry uh, in that he changed the game. Mm-hmm. Um, they started changing courses for him they started long long and making them longer making them you know a little bit more dogs to him mm-hmm. uh so it could take away driving ability now you got guys that are hitting 380 350 regularly now kepka and all those guys so shoot you know um i i hope he can just finish it out he just doesn't look like he's having fun anymore you he know doesn't. what i mean when you see him mm-hmm. does, is it am, am i wrong i think you're on to something and i, I think some of that is pressure you know, in his mind from other people to, oh, when's he coming back? Is he going to get back? But he's been hurt so much. I don't know if anyone really understands the mental toll, you know, of not just the pressure, but even just trying to come back from these injuries. I mean, to add that mental toll on top of the physical toll to try to put it together for three or four days over a weekend, that's got to be tough. Yeah, it's it's, it's very tough. Um, Four days is is crazy. Uh, It's just about staying consistent. You know, the the more consistent that you can be, but 
uh, when there's so many things with life now. Now, you know, just keep an eye on his son. You know, right. Just, you know, keep an eye on his Charlie. See what Charlie's going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be something to watch. Um, sometimes the son can get, get passed on and becomes better than the dad, i.e. Kobe, you know, Jelly Bean Bryant. I'm, I'm glad you brought Kobe up because uh, today, in 2016, Kobe's final NBA game dropped 60 points in that final game. One of the best, you know, career-ending performances of all time. But, Strick, since that game, and the more we hear uh, some of these young players come up, they really idolized Kobe. And some of the young guys, I I think Jason Tatum's one of them, is throwing Kobe Bryant in the discussion with LeBron and Michael Jordan for the greatest of all time. Facts. See, I I don't agree. I'm I'm not going to say the greatest of all time, but definitely in the top 15. For me, you know, I just think I think what he's been able to do, the, his accomplishments with with uh, greatness and without um, as the lead guy, um, I think his skill set was phenomenal. He definitely was a two way guy. Um, when you have that conversation, I think you need to have it, you know, with him involved. Um, you know, you've got to talk about him in the top five as a Laker. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm I'm not gonna say he's challenging that top tier mark, but you you gotta have him in the conversation because, um, you know, not only statistically, but you know what he's been able to accomplish, uh, again with and without you know the type of help. Like lesson, let's be real. Paul Gasol has been great for him. Um, you know, Derek Fisher was was his Jalen Brunson. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Sure. Type. Sure. Um, you know when you look at Michael Jordan, like. You know, Derek Fisher was kind of like Ron Harper, you know, to him. You know, just a guy that was going to be solid. He was going to be defensive. Um, Pal Gasol was just one of the, you know, earlier skilled Jokic-type big men. Could pass, um, you know, very sound in scoring. A little bit softer, but mm-hmm. he definitely had a skill set that was unique uh, for its time. He had some range, not not the type of game that we play today. But, yeah, so he got it done with them. I mean, you know, Lamar Odom, that was a great addition for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good to see Samaki Walker, my former teammate, get a chance to to spend some time with him in the backup roles there for, behind uh, Shaq and crew. So, yeah, man, uh, you got to talk about him. According to the NBA 75, so that would have come out, what, a couple of years ago? Yeah, I think Last it was 14. Year. What is it, 14? Kobe's at number 10. Oh, you got him at 10. Up all the way at, uh, yeah, number 10. So it's MJ, LeBron, Kareem, the top three. Uh, Russell and Magic round out the top five. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty solid. Uh, Wilt at six, Larry Bird at seven, Shaq at eight, Tim Duncan at nine, and Kobe at ten. Mm. Any arguments there? I, li- I mean, that's kind of a, a, a way that I would look at it. I like it. I don't have, um, you know, I will say that people would say people, you know, individuals like Larry Bird that high, you crazy. Like I tell people, Larry Bird was a killer. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you may not have been able to watch him enough to understand that what Larry Bird could do to you. You know what I mean? I'm glad. I'm gonna be honest. I'm glad I missed him. <laughs> you know, like that's the way I feel about it. Um, it's the same thing people would say about you know John Stockton. John Stockton was as tough as nails as they come, mm-hmm. and he was he was one of the best to do it at the point guard position. When you're talking about true point guards, true point distributor. Guards, Guys that are running, leading, handling, and hitting the big shot when they need to. True point guards, he's one of the 
one of the best to do it to me. I mean, just just from playing against him and and just watching just how he, he methodically handled his business out there. What made yeah. him so good? You know, he he just he was very cerebral. He he knew uh, what the best was of his team. He KYP know your personnel. He was one of the best at doing doing that. Um, he knew what his go tos were when he needed to go to when he needed to slow it down when he needed to push the pace defensively. How I need to scrap and get at you so forth. He, he just he just had a way of understanding the time, the situation, the score, what needs to be done and when and by who. You know what I mean, type of thing. And that's what made him great. I thought. So Kobe's at number 10 on the NBA 75. There are two guys, Strick, not very far behind him on that list. I don't know if they pass him or not, but I think they get closer into that same tier of conversation. I want your opinion. The first one listed at number 13, Kevin Durant. I'm not there. I think that's too high for Kevin. Not enough rings, too much injury. <clears throat> what's the What's the rationale for no KD? Um... I, this is so hard because Kevin is so great. He really is. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about 6'10", a guy that can, you know, stroke it, can score at will, one of the best scorers um, in league history. But for me, I, I, he wasn't enough of a two-way. He okay. wasn't enough of a defender. You know, yes, he can score and do it. Man, just, just his freaking being an anomaly of a, you know, a guy at 6'10". He was one of the guys that started this craze of, you know, 6'10 guys that can do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think somebody that get doesn't get as much credit for what he he's done for his team and his growth is, is Dirk Nowitzki. Mm-hmm. He's one of the guys that um, I think is – you know, just w- because I got to see him from the time he was a youth, the uh, the times he put in the gym, um, I got to watch him grow. I got to watch him get punked, you know, by, you know, the Steven Jackson and Baron Davis, um, you know, uh, eighth seed mm-hmm. uh, Golden State Warriors team. They like literally punked him. But then for him to come back and be like, no, 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 uh-uh. nope. this is not happening again. And literally beast, you know, and then and then basically solo. Let's be real. He had great surrounding quick characters, but basically solo. Mm-hmm. He beat the Miami Heat team. That was a good Heat team. That was a, you know, you talk. You're still talking about Bosh Wade and and LeBron in their peak. Shoot, man, you crazy than a mug. Dirk gave him the business and mm-hmm. and and did it to him. Uh, it was disappointing in '06. I was there. I was sitting up in the freaking because uh, Mark Cuban had flew us into the uh, Mark Cuban flew the whole staff. Cause I was working for the Mavericks mm-hmm. at the time. Mark Mark Cuban flew us in the staff in, and we're sitting there in the stands, and I'm watching, and I'm like, I wish I could freaking put a uniform on, because I'm watching Dwayne Wade just kill him with no resistance. Mm-mm. It was just like it was letting him do what he wanted to do. I'm like, worst case scenario, put a chest. I mean, put a Form in his chest something don't let him be just that comfortable that was so frustrating but you know it cost him because that that was the turning point of the series i think it was game three uh they were up if they would have win that they'd go up three one or something like it was game four i think it was game four they would have went up three one so yeah man that was that was a frustrating time but but yeah the heat just marched to the free throw line in 2006 oh gosh i mean it made me think ooh like some conspiracies going on out there because my goodness 
It was, it was, it was, it was, um, I mean, the free throw count was crazy for Miami compared to Miami. I mean, compared to Dallas. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is Mark Cuban, the owner? What's he like as a person? Mark is, um, Mark is different in working for him in, in, in an office position than working for him as a player. Oh. One of the better, I would say, player owners, like a lot of the stuff that he did with us, he couldn't do now. Um, for example, like, like I said, me and at times me, uh, Dirk, Nash, sometimes Cedric Sabalas, Finley, uh, every now and then, depending on where, AC Green, he would literally fly us on his plane. So, like, if we were staying in a city like Phoenix uh, or Vancouver or uh, New York or Miami or whatever, he would tell a group of us, he'd be like, yo, he'd be like, uh, you know, sh- you know, Strick, Finn, or whatever, uh, plane leaves at nine, just just meet me at the, uh, meet us at the airport. So, we just get our car and go meet him at the airport, and it was a G5. Now, it was like a limo. <laughs> It was like a limo in the air. Sky limo. <laughs> it was like a limo in the air. And 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 here's what was beautiful. Um, I don't think he wanted to trade me. Um, it was kind of a Donnie Donnie little Donnie Nelson mm-hmm. deal. Um, big Donnie you know, liked me. Um, but when I did get traded, he gave me access. Um just whenever we're in the city. Because when you play for the New York Knicks, you never practice in the garden. Really? Never. Really? You don't do shoot arounds in the garden. Really? No. Really? Yeah. Huh. Now that may have changed, but when we were playing, we never did shoot arounds in the garden. We always do shoot arounds. We practice in what they call SUNY Perches, which is up by White Plains up in uh, Westchester County. And hmm. what we would do is we would the practice facility I think is still up that way somewhere. But we would come into the city, they would give us like a hotel room and after shoot around we can go stay in the hotel and um we could play, and then they would give us the hotel for the night. Hmm. Yeah, that's how it worked. So he gave me access to, you know, just one of his – he had multiple apartments there. So uh, he just said, you know, hey, if you're in the city and you need it, you you know, you don't want to go back up to north, um, he said, you can use it. I think, and, and that was dope. You know, that that's one of the great, great things about, you know, him. He was genuine. He's authentic. Mark Cuban's a wonderful guy. You know what I mean? Um, but as a business, as a businessman, you're working for him. <laughs> the emails and he, yeah, you get you get you get hounded. And, and listen, he doesn't sleep. He he dang near he dang near. I, I would venture to say he looks at all of his emails. Really, there's not an email that would get by him. Like I can send him an email and he'll catch it. It's not a, like a personal. Like he literally looks at fans and yeah, he's he's that kind of owner. He's good. Nice. Indiana guy, too, so Big Ten connection. Yeah. Uh, a little bit down the Broadcast.com, set him off. Got him started. That'll do it. Sold to the Yahoo. <laughs> oh, I forgot he was a Yahoo guy. Yeah. Forgot that. Yeah, man. Huh. I'm going to need more Mark Cuban stories sometime. <sighs> man, I don't think I could tell you all of them. That's well, the, I'm not asking That's the crazy. I don't think I could tell you all the, all the fun stories. Um, but we, listen, we had some great times. And, and one of the great things about the times of, my, um, of, of, of our era was we didn't have social media. Mm-hmm. So you could go and have a great time. You remember, you remember when, um, um, you know, obviously you saw when James Harden, James Harden is, you know, making it rain in the in the spot, you know, yep. caught on social media. There was another one when Rob Gronkowski happened to be out. I think he was in Vegas or something, and he's just having a good time, you know, shirt off and just living it up. 
and um, caught TMZ mm-hmm. type stuff. Yep. Um, whereas us, we could literally go out, have a great time, a great night. People would be like, "Dang, straight! Uh, I heard, I heard this and that, and I heard that and this." And you'd be like, nah, I wasn't that, man. It wasn't like that, man. <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, we were there. We had a good time. I'm in there with shirt off, two <laughs> bottles, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tossing it up, you know. I have, but, yeah, it was going down like that. But if you didn't see it, you didn't see it. Plausible deniability. Yeah, plausible deniability back then, man. But that's the difference between now. And this is why I think it's difficult for young players, young men, young women, uh, because the microscope is literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about coming out of a restaurant. I'm talking about coming out to a movie theater. I'm talking about sitting there having a little cake with your boo. I mean, everything is in a microscope right now. So mm-hmm. it makes it difficult. And I, I don't envy none of these young young bucks. And it doesn't seem like anything's off limits, which no. is a little scary, too. Uh, we'll get back to the, the basketball conversation at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. DeMar DeRozan's daughter stole the show. We have to get into that. <laughs> we'll get to that at 3 o'clock. Coming up next, though, AFC teams have made some questionable moves. Strick, you found the best of the worst. We're going to get into that before we play the shootout to round out this hour. On the block here on 93.7 Take it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a sec.